This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. On your big bonus question. Welcome to the very first episode of Top Rope Nation. Episode 50 of the Top Rope Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm the episode 100. It has been done. If you ever doubted us, it's Top Rope Nation, episode 150. Episode 200 has arrived. It's a milestone show for us. It's been almost five years in the making. We've made it. I've been counting down for weeks now. When would we hit episode 200? For a while, it looked like it might be the Fastlane post show, and we really did want it to be the Fastlane post show, so we adjusted the schedule a little bit. We got it right before Fastlane, so hopefully this will be kind of an entertaining way to take you into this weekend and and the pay-per-view. It's going to be a little bit different show than we do weekly in that our listeners are kind of driving the show tonight. Um, we decided to open it up to mailbag questions. You sent in your questions to topropenation at gmail.com. You sent in the questions on our Facebook group, on Twitter. We got a lot of them, so I pulled them all together. We picked out a handful of them. If we read your question on the air, you're going to get a free gift from us, so I'll be in touch about that in the days ahead. But before we get to the questions, fellas, I got to check in. We're all here. It's Ryan Drosty, Kyle Ross, Justin Joint. <laughs> Kyle looking good tonight. He's got his Top Rope Nation cap on. He's got a Top Rope Nation t-shirt on. And just as I'm introducing him, he's taking a swig of beer. He's ready to go. Kyle, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. I would uh, like to start off tonight's show, episode 200, with a series of apologies. Believe it or not. Uh, number one, I'd like to apologize to our good friend, Adrian, who was on the show last week. Uh, you know, the face I made uh, 
during your first round pick. There was nothing personal. It was actually a naked woman walked behind the computer here. <laughs> um, I can get away with that because my wife never listens to this show. So I'll go with that as my excuse. Um, I would like to apologize to the fans who will be saluting tonight of Top Rope Nation. Uh, as I watched the video, it seemed like I had a real uh, nervous twitch there. Couldn't stop playing with my hair. <laughs> so I thought, what better reason to get out the old Top Rope Nation cap? So I wouldn't play with my hair this week. It's a preventative measure. It is. It's I a love preventative, it. It's a very fine hat, too. I'm looking pretty good, quite frankly. <laughs> and number three, I'd like to apologize to you guys. You know, I was so thrown off by that first round of the WrestleMania draft last week that uh, in retrospect, I think I missed some key points I wanted to make. But looks like we might get a reprieve tonight from one of the listener questions. So I'm very excited about that. Nice. And yeah, you know, Kyle talking about the WrestleMania draft we did on the show last week. Again, that was all Justin Joint's idea. He came up with the theme and then kind of the qualifiers for the matches that we were to choose. And we do have the poll right up or right now. It's up on Twitter, twitter.com slash top rope nation. You can vote on who you think won the WrestleMania draft. And as of the last check, Justin Joint. Uh, you are winning. You've got a healthy lead right now. So congratulations on that. Did you expect that? And how's it going tonight? Uh, all I got to say, I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> um, I will say as far as that uh, controversial uh, Adrian pick with his first pick, that tag team match, actually a pretty fun match. I, after he made the pick, I, I watched it that night. Or maybe it was the next night. Anyways, it's good. And if that had been like an actual opener and not on the pre-show I, I think it'd be a little bit more fondly remembered yeah and you know he made the the point as he drafted it too he talked about how this would be a good one to like open his pay-per-view so i think he was looking at the draft a little bit different than us he was trying to put together like a cohesive card whereas you know what we usually do is just try to get the top-notch matches just up and down the board as best we can so i think he his strategy was a little bit different than ours but yeah it's it's a, it's a fun match and so congrats to justin right now we'll see if that holds up in the next 24 hours but he is winning uh as i was making the graphic for it i sent out to you guys because you you both had said you thought i might win and i do think i have a, a pretty strong uh group of matches but i told justin like after i looked at his draft taught to bio i was like i don't know man i think you might win you have you have a pretty good shot here so that's what we're seeing right now. So we're going to get to the question and answers here in just a second. But I do want to just say, first of all, thanks to Kyle and Justin for doing this show for almost five years now. You know, 200 episodes is quite the milestone for a podcast. I read somewhere that the average podcast doesn't even last 10 episodes. So the fact that we're at 200 is pretty amazing. I think we should pat ourselves on the back for that. Also, shout out to our families for putting up with us, do with us once a week, sometimes twice a week at different times in the history of the show, the late nights, the pay-per-view post shows and everything. But we do it because we're all good friends here. We love talking wrestling. We love interacting with our listeners. And I uh, want to thank all the, the listeners for your support over the years, whether uh, you know, you've been listening to us for almost five years now. If you're a recent listener, every single download, whether it's on YouTube or any of the podcasting platforms, helps us so much in our reach and getting out to new listeners. I mean, the, the best way for this show to continue to grow 
is by word of mouth. And we've seen that through, I think, you know, our Facebook group in recent months has been huge since we started kind of investing our time in that. You can find the link to the Facebook group, by the way, here in the YouTube description or on the podcast description, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. But I think that's been big as far as kind of building up our, our community and then people just kind of recommending the show to other people. And that I think that's how we've seen our show continue to grow and find new ears. And lastly, I want to thank all of our patrons because I've, I've said it for months and months and months, actually years. The best way to support the show is by becoming a patron of the show. You get bonus content. You're investing in our success. You help us buy new equipment. You know, you help us get new microphones. You help us get uh, new headsets and so on. And so I wanted to throw out, you know, you always see their names scrolling across the bottom of the video stream, but I want to throw out a shout out on air to every single one, no matter what tier they're a member of $1, $5, $10, doesn't matter. Shout out number one, Tim Jensen. He is a, our longest patron of the show. He's also been our graphic designer since day one. He has designed all the top rope nation logos. So thank you so much, Tim, for being a longtime supporter of the show. Number Derek, one Baron Corbin fan. Yes. <laughs> Derek Chappelle. You've heard him on the show many, many times. You've heard Tim on the show, too. He was on our AEW post-show um, All Out last fall. Derek Chappelle has been on the show many times. He was just on a few weeks ago. Strong supporter of the show. You're going to hear from him later on when we play our voicemails. Aaron Graham, good friend of mine, big supporter. Ryan Huffman, same thing. Uh, Liam O'Rourke. Obviously, talented author, talented podcaster, has collaborated with Kyle over on Squared Circle Gazette and supported Top Rope Nation for years. So we thank Liam. Andrew Zarian of Matman has been a patron of ours for a long time. Justin Gosman of the TCB cast, which I guess on occasionally. Uh, Rick Skelton. Garrett Gonzalez, Fight Game Media. Uh, Michael Jenkinson. Kyle Ryan, our social media guru. Gabriel Benson, and Sean Skelton. Thank you so much for being a patron of the show. If you want to join them and join in on a, on a smaller knit community where you get even closer to the show, patreon.com slash top rope nation. And, and of course, you know, subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us the written review. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our upcoming live shows. So fellas... Let's, throw, let's start off right away with this mailbag. The, the listeners are dictating what we talk about tonight, and uh, we got a lot of them. They're, they're pretty wide-ranging from ancient history in wrestling to modern era of wrestling. Uh, I'm going to throw it right away to a question from Michael Jenkinson, who I just, I just read his name, a patron of the show. He wrote in for the podcast, and he said, I am a researcher myself, and I find the legacy of the business fascinating so that i can officially make this a question i'll ask who had the biggest impact on pro wrestling between now if you're a newer fan you may not recognize these names but they're important in the history of wrestling ed strangler lewis jim londos gorgeous george or lou thez and i don't know if the other guys want to chime in or not but for me when you look at those names lou thez was obviously like a legendary champion for years and years and years and a lot of people would probably say luthez but for me if you look at where wrestling is today the showmanship entrance music characters i'd have to go with gorgeous george it was gorgeous george who popularized um entrance music 
in pro wrestling. In fact, he was using uh, Pomp and Circumstance, I believe. The same song Randy Savage used years later. Uh, you know, that over-the-top character with the robe and the perfume in the ring and everything. Like I would have to say, of those names, the guy whose influence is most noticeable in the industry today would be Gorgeous George. Um, that that would, would have been... Oh, or, go ahead, Justin. Well, I was going to say that would have been my answer too. Um, in my memory, isn't super strong, but I remember reading, and it's a really, really fun read. Uh, Aubrey Sitterson's The Comic Book Story of Professional Wrestling. Highly recommend that. Uh, Ed Lewis it might be kind of underrated about his impact. Um, I didn't have a chance to go back and read the comic book story for this question, uh, but if you jump on uh, Wikipedia, I, I know that's not what you should do, especially if you're a student. Uh, but there, there, very quickly, it says that, you know, he was a, a pivotal figure of the Gold Dust Trio, a traveling road show that was a precursor to wrestling tours. And that kind of started like uh, undercards and uh, promoting full events instead of just one matches, uh, which also kind of led into wrestling storylines and creating feuds. Um, so he, he played a major part into... Uh, where professional wrestling was going but obviously at gorgeous george took it to kind of a whole nother level yeah go ahead kyle yeah i i guess i initially read this question wrong um you're right it's gorgeous george based on where the business was and where it went to um with londos correct me if i'm wrong Meltzer has talked about like him being like the all-time drawing card of the first half of the 20th century, correct? I think like long-term. Yeah, yeah, like, and even even like beyond, like, I mean, like, I mean, his drawing power is something unique. I'm, you know, my area of expertise, like, does not go well past 1984, but, um, and Vince's national expansion, but yeah, um, I mean, all, everything you guys said is spot on. And yeah, as far as impact, I mean, I think that's the key word in, Michael's question, it would be gorgeous, George. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the first half of the century, the only other name that would stand out would be um, Frank Gotch, who mm -hmm. a proud Iowa boy, by the way, from Humboldt, Iowa, Tim Jensen's hometown, our graphic designer. I've uh, ate at the Hardee's in Humboldt many times. Yeah. There's a massive statue when you first enter town of Frank Gotch that is really, really cool. Uh, but Frank Gotch was, they say, you know, in the 19 teens behind Babe Ruth, he was like the most famous athlete in the country at the time. And so I, his career was fairly short uh, and then he died really young. But there's stories of him going to like um, Cubs and White Sox games and like the whole team, the, the professional baseballers waiting in lines to get his autograph after the ball game because they knew Frank Gotch was there. I mean, it's pretty that's pretty mind blowing. So he, he was a huge name, too, and, and very instrumental um, in, in the business's history. But if, if you ever get to Iowa, the Tragos says pro wrestling hall of fame is something you should visit for, especially this era of, of professional wrestling. And they have a lot of the artifacts from Frank Gotch's history there being from Iowa. Uh, and Charlie says Luthez's widow, uh, has been, had been involved for years and years and years, uh, with the hall of fame. I actually met her on a number of occasions at the Tragos says hall of fame, super nice lady. Uh, so making sure her husband's legacy was living on as well. But uh, no, that's a great question. Yeah, and I looked something up with uh, Londos. He was the number one draw in the business for 13 different years. 
Wow. So yeah, that record's probably not going to be touched. Even even as um, you know, as long as guys are around now, um, they call that a Ziggler rung. Now it is. Hey oh. (laughs) Yeah. Good question, Michael. Though that was a yeah, really good question. All right, let's let's go to a different one. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to throw this one to Kyle first because I know he's probably got some questions worked up. This one comes in from Michael Schmidt in Wisconsin. And Michael asks, what is the most overrated match in WWE history? And what is the most underrated match in WWE history? This is a wide ranging question. And I know we sent these out ahead of time, so I'm not putting these guys on the spot. But uh, this seems like one that Kyle would have thought about a little bit going on air. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, so it's an interesting question because I wonder, you know, when we use the terms overrated and underrated, what criterion are we judging that by? Are we going by Dave Meltzer's star ratings, WWE canon? You know what? I mean, if we're using, you know, Jonathan Snowden tweets uh, from March 17th, 2021, uh, when he called Hogan Rock today the greatest match of all time, I think that's a stretch. (laughs) Have seen your reaction last week to uh <laughs> did to you that see pick by justin wwe just had uh they released a like a five minute video of the 10 greatest wrestlemania main events of all time you want you want to guess what number one was <laughs> i'm assuming it was that one <laughs> no no roxena wow roxena is the greatest wrestlemania main event of all time wow. i mean according the, to wwe yeah by the number so it's funny you brought up wwe lists Justin, because, uh, you know, as Ryan so eloquently put it, he did share these questions with us ahead of time. I don't really like surprises, quite frankly. So I demanded it. And Ryan was so kind to uh, meet those demands. <laughs> Unless it's a naked woman walking behind the camera. Yes, that's the only thing that would be a surprise. Yes, absolutely. Let's be <laughs> very clear stated, about that. As he stated earlier. Yes. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> so WWE a few years ago put out this 100 matches you must watch before you die. I think it was just something to kind of actually promote their archives, something they did very little of, uh, very topical today. The list was quite good for like a WWE list. Like it like hit all the right notes. And like, I was looking at the list. I was like, man, there's not really a bad match on this list. There's not anything that I don't think is great. There there were a couple and and I'll bring them up here. I'm getting there here. So what did you got? How do you approach this? Like when you hear the term overrated match, what are you judging that on before I give some choices? I think the, my initial reaction would be just like match quality. I think people rave about a match, but it's not really that good as far as between the ropes. But I think you could also look at it as far as its position in WWE canon, as you would say, Kyle, like how important the match actually was to the history of the industry, or even like that particular year that it took place. Uh, what, what do you think, Justin? I think you have to judge it based on what you hear from other fans. Like, uh, you know, Hogan Andre was absolute shit in the ring. I mean, but it's a great match because of what it was in that moment, you know, drawing 92,000 people. Um, And then the, you know, the flip side of that is can a match be overrated because everybody thinks it's the greatest in ring, you know, Mm-hmm. bout of all time it's a very subjective term isn't it i yeah. think is what we're all getting to so you know it's funny if you're going just by simply star ratings like i was thinking about this 
and matches that I think deserve significantly lower star ratings than Meltzer. You just, you know, I mean, he's the guy who everyone goes to for the star ratings. I mean, man, there's, there's a bunch of stuff from the last two years, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you could go to the, like, this is not, I think, what anyone wants to hear. Talk about the two Royal Rumbles from this year. He gave those Rumbles three and three quarters and four and a quarter stars. I didn't think either match was average. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it could be something as simple as that. I think there's a lot of stuff from NXT in the last two years that's overrated. Again, to go something recent, Gargano Kushida. I mm-hmm. did not think that was a match of the year contender at all. So yeah. th- that's where I would lean to if you're looking purely star ratings. I mean, I could just rattle off a du- the tag team elimination chamber match from last year. I think he gave over four stars to. Thought it was an average match at best. Mm-hmm. I think that your age would matter so much. We kind of mm-hmm. talked about this on the WrestleMania uh, post or draft, not post show. <laughs> Uh, last week with uh, I think one like younger fans would throw out to this question would be Razor Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 10. I bet if you ask someone like under 25 this question, you'd get several people saying that match is so overrated. What's the big deal? Because you weren't around when it happened. That's okay. Yeah, you don't you don't understand, you know, like the how industry changing that match was for people that had never seen a ladder match before, which was most people outside of the stampede wrestling territory or the people that were at the show where Brett and Sean had the, the ladder match, you know, smack them, whack them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's so subjective. Uh, So it's a really difficult question. Well, it's funny because like my answer was kind of the flip side. I very much was present for all those matches. I just referenced that I think are overrated. And I think, you know, that kind of speaks the other way that I'm an old, you know, old man yelling at a cloud. Uh, in some regards to the modern product. Uh, this will be awkward, and I, and I want to do this because it'll give you a chance to plug, Ryan, uh, for future stuff down the line. If you're talking about WWE canon and matches that they celebrate that I'm not as high on, there were two that came to mind. One, and if you're a listener of the show, this should not surprise you, Triple H and Undertaker at Mania 28. Um. Yeah, I could say the same for Meltzer Star Ready. He gave it four and three quarters, the same as he gave the Michaels uh, Undertaker matches. The match is not as good as the Michaels Undertaker matches. Stop it. Hmm. Stop it. <laughs> uh, and then the other one, and this is where we get a little awkward, I would say the Iron Man match, Brett and Sean, is not like this all-time great match. I think it's a very good match between two guys I like a lot. I don't think it was a match the year contender. I'm not sure it was a great match. Well, and I think that's where, you know, you kind of get into the whole, like, what did the match mean in the moment type of deal? Because I don't think I'm alone in that that match kind of brought me back to wrestling. And it was just the hype around it. It was the two guys involved. You know, when I was kind of fading out of wrestling, I'm watching guys like, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, no offense, God love them, rest in peace, Yokozuna, uh, Psycho Sid, these bigger guys who aren't really known for their in-ring work. Uh, but now I'm looking at uh, the guy who was my favorite when I left, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and the idea of them having a match you know, that was going to go on for one hour kind of just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. 
I just, I, I, we can, I know we're going to do a show actually about it. Maybe we could save a lot of there. I, I just have a, like, Shawn Michaels is my favorite guy. I knew damn well he was winning the title that night. And my, it, it is, it's, I, it is more than just the match itself. I mean, I actually think the match, and again, when we break it down on the show, maybe I should save this. There's some things I don't like about the match itself, but it goes beyond that. Like I, I was not like really fired up about that match. I don't share that for you, but again, it's subjective. Yeah. Where. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was very much the same as Justin. And I think when Justin and I first met, we actually talked about this match quite a bit and how it really pulled me back to wrestling. And like, from that point on, I've rarely tuned out from wrestling. Like even when I wasn't watching every single week, I was plugged in, like following the results. Uh, that was the match that yeah blew my mind at the time. Greg's in the chat. He said exactly to what Justin was saying. He said, Greg says the Iron Man match was great as far as building the character. I mean, it, the build for Shawn Michaels, those training videos were amazing. I thought I know Brett always jokes about him because they made him look like the hungry young lion and Brett's gingerly jogging on yes. ice up in Canada. <laughs> but like if you weren't invested in Shawn Michaels before and then you watch the training videos with him and Jose Lothario. Like it did so much to establish him as the guy <laughs> you wanted funny. to see I, win the title. Really? They, that, that's funny. I, I just don't have that view. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I, I thought that one might come up too. But did you did you really feel like that in the moment too? Kyle? What? Yeah, like I, I was not like like that match did not bring me back. I mean, I was someone who was watching anyway, and I just remember like, yeah, Sean's obviously gonna win this. In the match itself, you're just like, eh. I think doing no fall. I think if it's your first Iron Man match on a national level and doing no falls in the first 60 minutes is unforgivable booking. I can see where you're coming from, but I respectively disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree too, but I understand I, I, I mean, people's I mean, criticism. I, right? I mean, again, I mean, I don't I don't want to go down that lake because we're talking. I mean, I don't think it's a top 30 WrestleMania match. Wow. That's a hot take. Yeah. So, I mean, I know there's a question about unpopular takes, but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. For me personally, to answer that question, there is another half, I guess, to this question about underrated. Underrated, yes. I, I just want to throw out Chad in the chat said, judging by Twitter right now, tonight's AEW lights out women's match is the most overrated match ever. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess getting a lot of praise on, on Twitter. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Uh, probably watching it late tonight, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, underrated match. Okay. What do you got for this, Kyle? This is where, you know, I don't, I don't know. Why don't you guys go? I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. I, what was the, uh, no one, no one really talks about it too much. Although like the show, the show was talked about as kind of an iconic show, but like that, um, the cruiserweight match on Calgary stampede with, uh, Takamichi Noku and, great and Sasuke. Right, that I remember love in that match at the time. And I think people acknowledge it was like a really good match, but nobody really, talks about it as like a standout match yeah. during that period in, in history but i remember thinking like man this light heavyweight thing might really get going after that it didn't no but it was yeah an awesome, I, and I, it was an that's awesome probably match. why no one talks about it yeah and, and, and you know to be fair there were a lot of comparable if not better wcw matches at that time um this is such a hard question for like underrated yeah the yeah. problem with underrated is i mean just professional wrestling in general if every if anything's even decent or an angle's decent, it's going to get overblown. 
like today you, for sure this yeah. is awesome yeah yeah i'm trying to think like and again underrated is so subjective like mm. you know is there some is there like some match that like oh boy yeah i spent so much time thinking about the overrated i court didn't <laughs> i guess really i mean think- like I, things that I don't like feel like I hear enough about, like Sami Zayn winning the NXT title versus yeah. Neville. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, in fact, that might be my favorite time in wrestling from there to Kevin Owens just nuking him to win, to win the title just months later. Um, all of that is great stuff. Uh, Cesaro and Sami Zayn in NXT right before the, the network launched is great stuff. Mm-hmm. How about... um? Brett Flair from Sold Out 98. That's a pretty that, damn good match that doesn't get talked about much. I mean, everyone talks about Brett's early entry into WCW was botched, which it was. But, I mean, to get in there with Ric Flair, wrestle on pay-per-view, his first wrestling pay-per-view for, for the company. He was at Starcade, but didn't wrestle. I mean, that was show, a damn good match. Show popped the number, too. Despite yeah. not having any of the big NWO names on it, they actively went out and buried everyone involved with it, which was reason number 17B why that company is no longer <laughs> with us. But um, I'm trying to think of like, like, ooh, ooh, I got, I got okay. two more. Sorry, real quick. And, and I only bring them up because uh, I don't think people appreciated them in the moment because of how much they freaking hated Roman Reigns. But his two matches versus uh, AJ Styles were really good. Yes. Yeah. What was it? That was right after 32? Two. Yeah, it was, it was the two pay-per-views after WrestleMania 32. Yeah, the April and May pay-per-view of 2016. The May one in particular is just like outrageous. AJ just showed up w- with a point to prove uh, in those matches. It's like, I don't know, is Steve Austin dude love underrated from Over <laughs> the Edge 98? Like, to me... It's not mentioned among the best WWF matches of all time, and it should. I think it's like the definitive Attitude Era match. Yeah, I know you stated it's your favorite Attitude Era match on the show before. So, yeah, I don't hear I don't people I don't hear people talk about it or revere it as much as I hear you do, Kyle. And I don't think you're wrong about that so i think that probably qualifies as underrated and, and again the attitude here is subjective i'm kind of like talking mm-hmm. you know pre 2000 post so basically just 98 99 but yeah uh, the royal rumble 92 in terms of like a star rating versus Meltzer, like i think he gives that three and three quarters that's kind of yeah. ridiculous compared to like what he's been given last year's yeah, four exactly. and a <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like to me, that's a five star match. So yeah. looking again, if you go to the star ratings, all right, that's off by quite a bit. Like it would be nothing, Ma. It, it, the flip side of what I talked about with overrated, like how I think a lot of modern stuff's overrated. Mm. I, I don't think there's anything really underrated. And this is reflects a point Justin made earlier um, that it's hard for something to be underrated in the modern era. So it, w- it would be something like older that's been lost to time. You know, real, real quick. Speaking of uh, the 92 Rumble compared to this year's Rumble, is there any chance 30 years from now on on whatever the equivalent of a podcast is, somebody's going to be able to rattle off in order the entry of all 30 guys in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> I couldn't 2021. Tell you, yeah, <laughs> like Kyle did. Yeah, I couldn't tell you five people that were in that match. <laughs> no, the 2021 uh, one. The hologram shows in 30 years. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question, though, Mike. Thanks for sending that in. I, I want to shout out here, too, because as I thanked the patrons earlier in the show, after I did that, 
as luck would have it, we had a new person sign up for our Patreon page just a few minutes ago. I already, oh. I already added his name to the bottom line here on YouTube. So shout out to Ryan Gorman, who's been a strong supporter. Interacted with him a lot on Twitter in recent weeks. Ryan, thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. And we got a new edition of Top Rope Nation Classics coming out before the end of the month. So watch for that. It's going to be WrestleMania 22 from 2006. That won the poll over on Patreon. And check out all the Top Rope Nation classic shows in the archives. It's the only place you can hear them. They're all a ton of fun. I think you'll think you got your money's worth after you listen to all of that. So thank you again for your support. Got to do another episode of Classic before the archives go away. It's true. (laughs) At least till August, right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we go any further... Uh, we did put out uh, the phone number, a voicemail line for people to leave us well wishes on uh, hitting episode 200. I I cut them all together earlier today. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank everyone who took the time to send us an audio recording or, or call or call that voicemail line. We got a lot of great stuff. We're going to play all of them here for you and uh, enjoy this. And then we will be back with more of your questions here on episode 200 of Top Rope Nation. At 1-900-909-9900, all on the hotline. Who you gonna call? Top Rope Nation. Hey guys, it's your old pal Derek down here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I just wanted to wish you guys a congratulations on 200 episodes of Top Rope Nation. You guys are awesome. You're great friends. I've enjoyed uh, getting to talk to you wrestling-wise for quite a while now. And, you know, a memory that's always going to be close to my heart is getting to hang out with Ryan and Justin all day Friday, going to a couple of wrestling shows, eating some grilled cheese sandwiches and some crawfish and having a couple of beers. I'll always cherish that moment. Getting to sit next to Kyle Ross during Mercury Rising and talking to him a little pro wrestling during that is a great memory of mine as well. So, Congratulations on 200, and here is to 200 more. Hey guys, it's Double G from the Fight Game Podcast. I just want to say congratulations on hitting episode 200. Do you know how many podcasts there are that don't even get to episode 100? People just quit. They have this great idea, and then they just fall by the wayside. It's a commitment. I commend all of you for continuing to create great content. It's been great getting to know Ryan this last year or so and i hope to get to know all of you on on the show as well uh, as we do more of these more collaboration we need some collaboration between top rope nation and the fight game podcast anyways congratulations again 200 is a great number can't wait to do this again when you guys hit number 300 hey guys this is greg from cleveland uh congrats on 200 episodes and uh my question is for sid um, do you have any suggestions on a good mid-range softball cleat? Um, just starting to get into it, hoping, you know, with the summer I'll be able to, you know, blow off work a couple times and uh, get out there on the field. So any help you could uh, give would be great. I'll hang up and take my call on the podcast. Yeah. Congratulations, Top Rope Nation, episode 200. I think you guys have the best podcast in wrestling, and that's because you guys are, first of all, all very smart, and you're all very funny, but make it about the content, not about yourself. And I like that you're not apologists, although some have accused Kyle of being one. And 
I love that you're you know willing to criticize when it's right, but you're also not super negative and just shooting on everything. So, awesome show. Can't wait for episode 300, 400, and 500. Congratulations, guys. Hey, y'all. This is Gabe, a Patreon subscriber to Top Rope Nation. want to congratulate you guys on episode 200, and cheers to many more. Thanks. Bye. Congratulations, Top Rope Nation, on 200 episodes. This is Dalvin here. So I thought of something a little interesting the next time you guys go on video for YouTube. A little wager. The next time you guys do something like this draft or the current WrestleMania draft, the two losers need to get on camera and do a, the Alex Reynolds dance. No, not Alex Reynolds, the Alex Wright dance. I'm so sorry about that, fellas. <laughs> anyway, congrats on 200, and I hope to see you guys around for 200 plus more. Take care. Hey, guys, the Top Rope Nation. Congrats on your 200th episode. Uh, you get to have one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. Always love your classic shows and also love your uh, really unbiased look at both uh, AEW and uh, WWE products. So keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to many more shows and uh, encourage everybody to be a Patreon member because you guys are, are one of the best out there. Congrats again. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thanks again. Those were a lot of fun to listen to, to, to cut those all together. Thanks again for your support of Top Rope Nation. It's awesome to hear from all of you. And hopefully in the future, we can do something like a call-in show or something like that and bring pe more people on the line. Maybe one of these mailbag shows, but instead of us just reading your emails, it would be actually you coming on the show and asking the question. We'll try to get the technology up to date to do something like that kyle yeah i just want to say one thing i joke around a lot about the fans of professional wrestling but i, I do want to if i can be serious for a moment here um it, it truly is humbling to hear people like talk about how much they like to hear you and listen to you and you know actually take time out of their busy days to listen to our show that's it's really cool thing and uh we thank you for giving us that opportunity um you know it ain't worth talking if you ain't listening so thanks yeah, one of my favorite things to do is to check the download stats and then like to bring up the map that I can do on the back end and just see like where the downloads are happening. And it's it's mind blowing to see some of the places that this podcast is reaching, you know, like thinking of us just getting together, recording this thing on Zoom every week and the next day, like clockwork, people are downloading it in the UK and Canada and South Africa and Mexico and Australia, all those places we get. I'm sure those people are subscribed because the downloads happen every every single uh, week. And then almost every one of the 50 states here in the United States. So, yeah, it, it's great to know you're out there listening. It's great to hear from you. Uh, keep emailing the show, topropenation at gmail.com. We like to get these questions in. But, uh, yeah, the voicemail line, maybe that's something we can do. Even beyond uh, like a special show like this, I've, I've thought about bringing in the voicemail line for like pay-per-view reactions and uh, cutting together voicemails of what the listeners saw the pay-per-views and uh, mixing that for our post shows. That's something maybe we could do in the future too. 
always looking for ways to get the listeners involved. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we're going to go a couple of rapid fire questions here where I don't think the, uh, the answers will be super long, but we can get to a few more questions quickly. Uh, Derek Chappelle wrote in, asked, what was everyone's favorite season of Tough Enough? Tough Enough. And by the way, Derek, thank you for the kind voicemail that everyone just heard. Uh, what was your favorite season of Tough Enough? And what was the best season of Tough Enough? Love you guys. Congrats on 200 episodes. Derek Chappelle. All right. Well, for me, I mean, I wasn't like a massive fan of Tough Enough. I guess when it first started, I was pretty into it because it was such a unique concept. So I'd, I'd probably just have to go with the first season. That was the one that I that I watched closely. E- either you want to chime in here? 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They ended up being tough enough. <laughs> Derek loves to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first one is the only one I watched with any regularity. I was pretty into it. Love Maven's Dropkick of Doom in the 2002 Royal Rumble. What a moment mm-hmm. in the history of professional wrestling. Now that's an underrated. Now that's something that's underrated in WWE <laughs> history. Maven's Dropkick of Doom. Um, love Daniel Pewter. Almost tapping out Kurt Angle. That was like, I don't know if that really counts as a season. That was like they were doing, you know, a live segment on Raw, but um, that was fun. Mm-hmm. It was the first season when Triple H came in and gave that speech, right? That's the like the tough enough moment a lot of people talk about. Yeah. About how tough the business was. I mean, that's a memorable part of season one for sure. Yeah. Not a fan, Kyle? No. It's a Triple <laughs> H speech. <laughs> what do you oh. think my opinion on it is? <laughs> All right. So there's a good one. Um, I am the game. (laughs) Here's a question from Aaron Graham up in Rochester, Minnesota. Best live match you have ever seen. Justin, you got an answer for this one? Best live match you've ever seen or best moment? Well, I mean, sadly, I really haven't seen a lot of stuff outside of house shows. And house shows are kind of generally forgettable for me. so one that stands out uh would be set i mean wcw sold out 1997 the eddie guerrero six uh united states actually i think almost all these are ladder matches uh that that was a ladder match uh the uh 2018 me and ryan uh super card of honor the three-on-three six-man tag team championship uh scu versus flip gordon and the young bucks uh, would be up there. And then also uh, that same weekend, I think Matt Riddle versus Will Ospreay at Mercury Rising was a hell of a match. Yeah, we were all there. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to rank highly. The, the trio was all in person at that show. Yeah. The top rope nation trio. Kyle. I uh, thought about this. It would probably come down to one or of two. Either again that same weekend, WrestleMania, New Orleans, Gargano, Champa, or going back a ways, Hardy's Edge and Christian at No Mercy '99. For me, it would have been probably one of them, probably the one from New Orleans that Justin mentioned at Mercury Rising. Until I went to Revolution last year, so I, you know, I saw a Wrestling Observer Match of the Year winner with. Uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page against uh, the Young Bucks at last year's AEW Revolution. That's definitely the best match I've ever seen live. What about moments? Have any you guys, either of you guys seen like a great historical moment that you wanted to share? Because I had a couple, one certainly more history-making than the other, that I really loved being in the building for. 
Oh boy. Let's see. I went to a house show and I think, I guess it would have been 91 when Slaughter was champion and Uh-oh. Hacksaw beat him by like disqualification or count out. And somebody in the seat next to me was going freaking wild because they thought Hacksaw was the new WWF champion. <laughs> it always amazes me because whenever they do those finishes and the baby face acts all stupid like he's won the title, you're like, who the hell is buying this? Everyone knows the title is Jay hands on a DQ count <laughs> Then you tell a story like that that warms my heart. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, so I was at a Raw, I think it was like two weeks before WrestleMania 31 and you know, building up to the the Sting and Triple H match, and Sting made kind of a surprise appearance on the show. That was pretty. That was pretty cool to see Sting in at a WWE televised event. I had seen Sting in WCW several times, but to see him on Raw, I was like in the third row. That was that was a pretty cool moment. Um, I guess house show wise, I'm looking back. I was at a uh, house show in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, in December of '99, and when I think about the matches that were on that show. The semi-main event was Benoit versus Flair, and the main event was world champion at the time, Bret Hart against Sting. That's a pretty awesome house show card. I mean, to see Bret and Sting wrestle and Flair and Benoit at the time. So that that was like a cool moment as far as like the star power goes and who was wrestling each other. Um, When Raw started running Cleveland regularly in 1998, we got very lucky the first two. Uh, Mike Tyson joined DX. I was there. The building went apeshit for that. That was so cool to be a part of. Uh, we saw a world title change the second time. Steve Austin won it back from Kane the night after King of the Ring 98. Uh, so that was cool. And then on a personal level, I'll never forget going to the uh, ROH debut at the ECW Arena the arena warfare show when they started the angle with CZW. I don't think it started. I think it had, they had teased it. It actually started a few shows before where they did a riot quote unquote in the building. And I'll never forget super dragon running up to my buddy, Chad getting in his face and Chad just didn't even flinch, man. <laughs> I'm pretty him. sure that's how the DVD <laughs> ends. If anyone has that DVD, super dragon gets in this fan's face and the fan just like mean mugs him back. That's my buddy, Chad. No and then way. we, yeah, and we we were so fired up from wow. this sh- double shot walking home. We walked back to our hotel from the ECW arena. Anyone's been in Philadelphia knows that's quite a hike. And remember, the neighborhood was kind of sketchy, and the whole time home, we were just saying to each other, "Hey, man, if somebody gets you, you just make sure these DVDs find a nice home." <laughs> <laughs> the plan was, some one of us was going to give our life; the other one book it with the DVDs. But <laughs> love this sport. Oh, uh, Aaron, I had a bunch of really good questions. Some of these are short answers. He asked also book recommendations. I mean, we have to throw out, of course, Liam's book, Crazy Like a Fox, which is just a really awesome. I think top five wrestling book, maybe top three wrestling book that uh, I've ever read. His biography on Brian Pillman won the Wrestling Observer Book of the Year award a couple of years ago. Well worth checking out. Uh, we are actually doing a book club as part of the Patreon page. This is part of our $10 tier where we meet up on Zoom once a month. Uh, and right now we're doing a book club. Uh, we're going to have our first meeting discussing the book here in a couple of weeks over Brian Alvarez's book, Death, Death of WCW, which is a very good book. And in fact, Brian is being so kind as to do a question and answer with our $10 patrons 
uh, probably in May or June as part of our book club. And uh, the audio from that uh, we may put up on the podcast feed, but uh, our patrons, the $10 tier part of the book club, they'll be able to do a question and answer session with Brian Alvarez. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a great book. I mean, biography wise, I always point to uh, Brett's biography, Jericho's first book, course Mick Foley's. Yep. Uh, those are the ones that are, those are like my go-tos uh, offhand. Kyle, what do you think? No, you, you nailed them. That Those were the ones I was going to recommend. I just, I saw you had the two written down and I was going to for sure add Foley and Jericho and Brett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed Jericho's first book is hilarious. It's it's a great, great read. And his stories about work in Mexico are really interesting. Of course, Japan, too. But I really like the the stories of him working in Mexico for the first time. So, uh, yeah, good questions. Uh, let's see. So another patron of the show, Gabriel Benson, sent this one in. And he said, need he says, need the backstory on how the three of you came together and when and how you decided to launch the podcast. So. First of all, I'll just say, Gabe, you should check out episode 100. Uh, this was about two years ago now, but I did kind of talk about the history of the show on that one in it, at kind of extended length. I went pretty deep into it, uh, but it was just me talking for the most part. So I don't know if uh, Justin and Kyle want to chime in here on you know what their personal story is as far as how they came to the podcast, what your experience was like kind of getting involved with doing top rope nation because Kyle joined the show episode two and that was in the summer of 2016. And then Justin joined in January of 2017 and we became a trio from then on. So, I mean, from your point of view, Kyle, how to come, how did this show come about? I think it was a very simple story. Just, you know, two young men of humble beginnings that wanted to talk pro wrestling. Uh, no. Uh, so, you know, I'm sitting there, a married man in early 2016, a re- fairly recently married man. And, you know, what do you do? You know, all of a sudden, you know, hey, I'm set for life. You know, I'm going to crank up the old wrestling fandom again, I guess. You know, no, <laughs> no need to go out and search on the prowl for chicks anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I really want to get and talk more about wrestling, get involved more. And, um, it was actually Chad. You can bank or curse his name who like sent me information on, on your website, Ryan, at the time I reached out to you. I started writing for the website a little bit. And then you had the idea to do a pod. I was sitting at a bar that night. You gave me a call and said, Hey, the guy I'm do- I would do the show with, he's not doing it anymore. Do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. I've, I've done a podcast before. Sure. It sounds great. And then we we're kind of just off and running. Yeah. The website was Top Rope Press, by the way, which is where the name Top Rope Nation comes from. Top Rope Press was online from 2014 through 2017, I believe it was. And then it was just really hard to juggle managing a, a website full time. So I just started to concentrate on the pod and then just kind of writing on my own without juggling, you know, the back end of webmastering, you know, and, and doing all the HTML coding and yeah, the whole webmaster gig was was a lot of work, took a lot of time away from the family. So I decided if I'm going to cover wrestling, like I want to do it on an established site, get paid for my time and then do the podcast for fun kind of thing. And so, yeah, Kyle jumped in episode two. We were off and running. And now, Justin, what was your experience joining the show? Um, Kind of the same as Kyle's where I was uh, I was writing a little bit for your website, but, uh, you know, we'd been friends uh, going back a lot farther, uh, got invited to do a guest spot, 
uh, I was terrified, uh, but apparently I did good enough that I kept getting invited back. Yeah, you, I remember you stopped by my house to because uh, Justin and I live in the same town. Stopped by my house to get like an old headset microphone I had so that we could record that night. And then eventually Justin invested in a better mic, which he has now. But uh, yeah, I thought you did pretty dang good right off right off the top. And we're like, yeah, let's keep them around, make this a trio. But Justin, you were you were like a dedicated listener to the show before you were part of the show. Cause you used to always send feedback. Like you would listen the release day. You'd be texting me what you thought of the show. You were like our biggest fan those first few months. And then you joined the show and how that all worked out. And as, as I recall, you didn't get to do a show with Kyle until around a month in or so. So the first time we were all together was was pretty funny you were you guys are joking around like oh it's an honor to be on the line with kyle ross finally and all that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's right because it was like football season back then and oh you know what you know what happened in january of 2017 something that no one gives a shit about uh my wife and i we moved into our current home yeah that's right yeah so we were very busy at that time you can see some of those shows by the way from january of 2017 if you scroll way back on our youtube channel there's videos of them if you want to see how we've aged in the last four years yeah. I thought, <laughs> what children have done to us i thought you were going to say that people could see pictures of my home i said immediately take those down <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that's pretty much how it happened you guys covered it i mean i'd always wanted to do a podcast kyle told me when he started writing for the show for the website that he had experienced podcasting so he made a lot of sense and uh it just worked man it meshed well i every week i look forward to talking to these guys it's, it's a great break from working and family life to just set up the microphones talk wrestling to all of you and with these two so there you go i mean that's how it that's how it came together all right what else do we got here uh stewart he's active in our facebook group he sent a Ooh. couple of questions he said uh what's your personal mount rushmore of professional wrestlers Ooh. now this for me this is a really tough question because i have of the four spots, I have three that are a certainty, and then that fourth spot can kind of change depending on the day of the week. Uh, my automatics are Ric Flair, Bret Hart, and Randy Savage. Those are like my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. And then that fourth spot that flows, I mean, it could be sometimes it's Shawn Michaels, uh, sometimes it's Steve Austin, you know, sometimes... It's been Kurt Hennig in the past. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if I. I you know I was a big fan of The Rock too. Uh, I don't. I don't know who if I if I had to cement someone in. Daniel Bryan's in the mix too. It'd be it'd be pretty difficult. But the the other three are like a certainty for me. Um, Justin, who would you say? Oh man, I guess I'd have to look at it. I, you know, I, I'd want to kind of spread the wealth a little bit, not group just everybody and maybe the just a few years of my fandom um bret hart is definitely on there sean michaels daniel bryan and probably sean spears <laughs> great by the All way right. if, you're in the, if you're in the chat let us know your own personal mount rushmore if you're on the live show stream here on youtube we'd love to hear yours that's wow. double s sean spears a wrestler's wrestler according to mjf <laughs> uh, tonight um yeah. so my favorite wrestler growing up uh you know i think one of the first conversations justin and i ever had you mentioned that first show we did together uh, i think i've talked about this best is he was aghast when i told him i had no favorite wrestlers really 
mm-hmm. anymore. I just kind of rooted for whoever was doing well at the time. Um, but growing up, that was not always the case. Uh, Ricky Steamboat was my first favorite wrestler and his pursuit of Randy Savage in the Intercontinental title. Um, Shawn Michaels, 1993 to 1997, would probably be my favorite wrestler as a kid overall. Really celebrated his whole catalog uh, during that era. Um, despite what I said about the Iron Man match earlier. Uh, and love his influence Rick- on NXT. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, 21st century Shawn Michaels, like, cool a little bit. Like, I, I'm not net nearly as high on that as I was um, his 90s run, particularly the, the heel with DX, even though it wasn't that long of a period. Just loved asshole Shawn Michaels in 1997 with all my heart and soul. Uh, Flair, Daniel Bryan, yeah, are absolutely uh, on the list as well. But it's hard. Yeah. Hey, I got I got to tell you, uh, when you were rooting for Ricky Steamboat, you were what, eight, seven? Six. Six? So <clears throat> let's say this is a surprise question to both of you guys. If you were six or seven now, or in the last three or four years, who do you think your favorite wrestler would be? Ooh. Hmm. So... I don't know. The whole thing was, it was like that perfect storm where when I first started watching, it was that big angle with Savage. And despite those atrocious speech therapy segments, I, I still found a way in my heart to root for Ricky Steamboat. Um, it would have to be like, I don't know. I'd have to put myself in the shoes of a six or seven year old. What angle really affected me and caused me to be a fan. Well, that's good. Like my first thought when, when you were talking about that was like, I, I bet it would have been like the whole Gargano chase and Champa stuff that maybe Gargano would have been your guy. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. That's a really hard question to ask. Cause we're post Cena. Obviously Cena would have been the answer probably 10 years ago. I, uh, you know, I think oh, probably it, Roman would be up there for a young kid. Yeah, I don't know. Want to, want to hear a real depressing answer? If I was six or seven, I don't know if I'd get this product. <laughs> it's true too. It's very yeah. true. Uh, also, I mean, are you male or female? Because I have daughters, and I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and they both love Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, those two. And they're really starting to get into Bianca Belair, too. And they don't hardly watch wrestling at all. I'm not, they're not sitting there watching it with me weekly, but like once in a while, they'll come in the room when it's on, and they, they only want to watch the girls. I love Becky Lynch. Now, she hasn't been around in a while, but my, my oldest daughter can remember watching her. And my youngest daughter has kind of taught her about Becky Lynch or my oldest daughter has taught my youngest daughter about Becky Lynch. But uh, I mean, I can see for like young girls how they could get kind of into the product now because they're getting uh, getting so much more exposure on television. And they they have portrayed the women in a, in a better light in recent years. But for yeah, young boys, I don't know. It's pretty difficult. Hard to say. Yeah, it's, that's almost an impossible question to answer, but a good yeah. one, Justin. Frank from PW Torch in the chat. What's up, Frank? Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the channel while you're here. <laughs> Greg said in the chat, his his Mount Rushmore, Hogan Flair, Austin Rock. There you go. Biggest names of all time mm-hmm. <laughs> for each era. All right. Let's get to a new question. What else do we got here? Uh, best arena to watch on TV. This is an interesting question because the WWE product is so homogenized now. That mm-hmm. you basically don't know where you are unless if they bring it up. 
Right. I have been watching because the archives are going away very soon uh, for a little bit. Hopefully not for, you know, hopefully it all comes back. We're all got our fingers crossed. Um, been watching a lot of world class. I want to make sure I get through all of it um, until the big, you know, uh, Cotton Bowl show where Carrie beats Rick for the title, which I've seen before, but I just want to watch all the TV. The Sportatorium is a cool watch on TV. Again, you know when you're at the Sportatorium. Obviously, it's where they ran all their TV, but, um, you know, so that was kind of like fresh on the mind. MSG, obviously, would be on the show because it's unique. Um, WWE does not do that very much now, but when they did, it was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and, and one other one, and I can't remember it. So you guys go and I'll, maybe it'll come back to me. So do you want to go first, Justin? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, for crowd reaction, it's the all state arena. It's always the hottest crowd in wrestling, Uh, Chicago, no doubt about it. As far as like visual of the arena goes though, it's a little more difficult all state looks like pretty plain on TV. But it's Mm. super loud. It's like by far the loudest arena I've ever been in. And that comes across on TV. I I would say I really liked the look of those early Manhattan Center Raws. I thought those were pretty, pretty freaking memorable as far as just like the visuals Mm. of them. I like that small setting. I guess call it old school or whatever. But and the Elks Lodge, too, kind of has, you know, that feel to it. Yeah. The only time the Manhattan Center looked bad is when they had all those nerds in there for that dual uh venue raw a couple years ago oh yeah yeah yeah. remember and and all they got all they got was matt hardy versus bray wyatt for like three hours (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. jokes on you guys yeah that wasn't wasn't great they did a documentary on that too didn't they well like the 24 yeah like the behind the scenes um i really enjoyed uh just its uniqueness i'm freaking blanking on the actual name of the venue but where they held the uh NXT UK title tournament that Tyler oh, Bate won. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That one looked great. Yeah. Oh, where were they? Is it the same place where they had the did the show in ninety one? Royal Albert Hall? Hall. I can't remember if it was that's where it was or not. Oh, okay. Might might have been. I mean that that would rank highly. Liam's like rolling his eyes right now. Let's see this. Yeah. You guys don't know which one that was. Yeah. No, that was like so awesome. Hold on, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, Royal Albert Hall, the 91 shot is sweet. With, with the Undertaker uh, theme on the organ? hmm Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I can't I can't think of any U.S. venues where just, like, the look of them is so different from another another place that it really stands out. Yeah, of course, like, the stadium shows always stand out, um, whether it's Mania or, I guess, Rumble. They've been running lately, but uh, that's a, I mean, it's a good question. Um, while Kyle's researching that, maybe you can answer this one with me, Justin, which wrestling shows do you watch first? Like in what order? And for me, it's dynamite right now is like the first, if I could, if I can watch one show a week, it's dynamite. No question about it. Um, after dynamite, I'd probably go with SmackDown, then NXT, then raw. All right. Yeah, I I just really don't watch Impact just out of I'm not even ranking New Japan in this right now because I'm so I got to catch up with New Japan. New Japan is certainly putting on a better product probably raw right now. But like as far as like U.S. companies, AEW, WWE, looking at their main 
television shows and not factoring in Ring of Honor either. That's the order I would watch. Dynamite, SmackDown, because it's such an easy watch and Roman's the best thing on WWE right now. Uh, Yeah, then NXT, then Raw. What would you say, Justin? I mean, it fluctuates depending on how good the product is. And right now it's Dynamite's like number one and everything Mm -hmm. else. It all just depends on what happens because I don't, none of the other ones I, I watch live. Yeah. Uh, so if I if I hear about something cool, if I think something sounds good, I will go back and watch it. Nice. Kyle, what'd you find out? What's your answer to this question? Okay. Too? Um, my answer to the question is exactly what Justin said. I tonight and last week excluded almost always watch Dynamite Live, and then the other shows I wait and it's you know uh, what I hear about you know the what I'm they're saying on Twitter. If people say, ah, it's a shitty show, I don't make it a point to watch WWE programming, right? You know, that week. Um, I'm pretty cool. Like, I can play catch up, you know, the week leading up to the pay per view. I don't think uh, the TV product, quite frankly, um, demands you watch it live or every week. I think you can just kind of catch up the best of uh, going into the pay per view. With the UK stuff, uh, they were the Empress Ballroom the first year, and then they were in Royal Albert Hall in 2018. Okay. So. Nice. We are half right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. What's another quick one that we can get to here? How about the Scorpio one? <laughs> you have to talk about that, man. Where's that one at? Do you remember the, that one offhand? It's in the middle of the first page. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Greg? Yes. Okay. There we go. The one that starts out, you don't have to answer this. We're going to do it anyways. Those are the questions I want to answer. Yeah, you don't really have to answer this, but I just watched some old Raws from 1998 with the Job Squad and had forgotten how great Scorpio's working punches were. Got me to thinking. He should have been bigger, right? Size plus look plus the way he could move in the ring. It's almost a no-brainer. Not great on the stick from what I remember, but in the late 90s, there were guys like Lance Storm who still made an impact. No pun intended. Your thoughts. Take it away, Kyle. Um, so Scorpio, by his own admission, was his own worst enemy. He had drug issues, and that held him back. Uh, I loved his early 1993 WCW run. Like when he first came into the company, uh, t- he made his debut with Ron Simmons in a two-on-three match against the real rogues gallery team of Cactus Jack, Tony Atlas, and the Barbarian. There's a 1992 team for you, if there ever was one. Uh, So, yeah, I always agree he had talent. Loved him in ECW. He really found himself. The final night in the promotion in ECW is great. You could see Scorpio as a star because the crowd knew he was going to WWF. As uh, they didn't know as Flash Funk, but they knew he was going to debut at Survivor Series the next night. And they were giving him the old you sold out treatment. And he hit him with, you damn right I sold out. I sold out Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. <laughs> now that is a way to clap back at the fans. But yeah, um, you know, working punches, that's a lost art now. And, uh, you know, it's funny. He re- referenced Scorpio's 1998 WWF run. I was watching, you guys remember, I'm sure you do, the New Age Outlaws, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk Angle, where they pushed him off in the dumpster off mm-hmm. the stage. So... I forgot how long they laid out and let that angle simmer in. Like they went through the whole next break, 
all the boys in the back came out, were checking on them. Vince came out, was like giving the outlaws a tongue lashing. It was some real cool stuff going on. And one of the coolest things was Scorpio like wanted to fight the outlaws and they were, the other wrestlers were having to hold him back. And it, it like, it gave this aura of realism to the whole angle. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the flash funk character, good theme song, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't really, if, if you were familiar with too cold Scorpio, you were like, what is this? It, it was like a shitty WWE version of too cold Scorpio is what it was. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Justin, you were a big early 90s WCW fan. I mean, what was your take on Scorpio? I mean, I thought he was cool as hell, and then it became Flash Funk. <laughs> what happened to this man? Yeah, I just can't imagine going from one of the coolest names in wrestling history to Flash Funk. <laughs> um, that check- match he debuts it absolutely reeks. Vader's team versus Yokozuna's team, and they do... Uh, a finish where all eight guys get disqualified and there's no winner. Absolute hmm. cow dung. 2021 booking. 25 years early. Yes. <laughs> Chad said in the chat, he, he's, this is going back to the venues question, but he said wrestlers like Austin said, Rosemont is their favorite because the wooden roof makes the pops louder. That is exactly right. I've noticed that every time I've been in that venue, you look up and it's just these big wood boards across which is how arenas used to be built and it does make it so much louder in there i was at mania 22 we're going to talk about it on the classics pod for patreon here in a couple weeks and talk about the live experience there but i mean that main event with triple h and cena and the chance i had never heard a crowd that loud in my life before i couldn't believe how loud it was there and then um i saw a concert there boy this i guess would have been six or seven years ago i saw garth brooks there i'm not a not a big country music fan, but loved Garth Brooks growing up. Had to see Garth Brooks in concert when he went on tour again. So my wife and I went there and we saw Garth Brooks. And man, my ears were ringing pretty bad after that show because it was so loud. That was a hell of a trip for another reason. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this story on here. I'm going to share it anyways. Nothing to do with pro wrestling, but one of my proudest moments as a husband was the, the night... <laughs> Or the day, the morning after this isn't going where you think it's going. The morning after that oh. concert, so we get back to the hotel in Rosemont, and we're exhausted from the show. You know, we might have had a drink or something afterwards. And when we went to bed, the hotel room next to us, these people got in. You know, country music fans with like flannel on, and they were so obnoxiously loud, like all night long till four or five in the morning we got like no sleep so we're driving back to iowa in the morning about a four-hour drive so my wife this was all her idea <laughs> she's like you know that channel on sunday mornings because it was a sunday morning where they play like the church service she's like turn it to that channel and crank it <laughs> so <laughs> we go over to the door of the hotel room and we like maxed out the volume of that TV. So those people that were partying the night before could hear it. Throw throw the controller back in, in the hotel room. Slam the door and ran off. They were hearing that all morning. Love that story. Nice job to my wife. But <laughs> Wow. Yes. Heal Megan. Yeah, Megan hmm. really knocked it out of the park on that one. But uh, yeah, no. Rosemont is a great place. I'd like to see a wrestling show there again. Hopefully in the future. Maybe all of us could meet up in Chicago. That would be a fun time. 
Kind of a halfway point, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Uh, I got time for a couple more. Anything else we want to hit here for sure? We had the I, urban. I like the uh, WrestleMania, the eight match WrestleMania. Oh, yes. I, I thought about this. <laughs> my question, he said, uh, this was Stuart too. He said, my question would be, you have to do an eight match all time WrestleMania card, but you can only use the same guy once. My God, this is tough, man. You go ahead, Kyle. I'll start trying to jot down a few. Okay, so my first quandary was if I use Brett Austin, that means, you know, two of the top guys are, are you know, going in one match, obviously. And so mm-hmm. I started doing the math, and I was like, all right, well, all right, let's say that's off the board. Let me try to build eight matches. And I was kind of getting stuck at seven. So I decided – as much as it pains me, it's my favorite match in company history. I'm going to leave that one off the board. Wow. Ooh. Wow. I'm going to leave it Ooh. off the board. And, and hey, it was the first pick in the WrestleMania draft. Hey, I'll let that stand on its own. You know, I'll always have that. So vote for me in the poll. He just admitted it himself. There we go. <laughs> All right. So let's open my eight match WrestleMania card with the best opener in WrestleMania history, Brett Nolan. So there we go. I use Bret Hart. And then we'll go with the, that's not the best opener in WrestleMania history. Justin? I I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, you made a face like it wasn't. <laughs> well, guess what, smarty pants? If you don't think it was, guess what my number two match of my card is? Daniel Bryan and Triple H from mm. WrestleMania 30. So I've got both of them on there. So how about, what do you got to say about that, pal? Okay, yeah. I only made a face because I would much prefer to see Brett and Austin rather than the Brett and Owen match. I know, you know we vary a little bit there. Uh, you don't like the Brett and Owen? Yeah, no, it's a good match. I, oh. I don't like it as much as other people. That's odd. You um, like the Iron Man match? You don't like the Iron Man match better than Brett and Owen. For in-ring quality, no. Okay. Um, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes here for other match my thought for an opener would be savage steamboat I well see. that's on, that's on my card but okay, okay. but i'm trying Sorry. to raise the prestige of the intercontinental title by putting uh, it on later in the show okay. uh middle of the card we're gonna have yeah it was a world title match but too bad that wasn't a caveat in this rule uh brock lesnar roman reigns seth rollins they will not be used again uh and i'm not doing uh because justin just mentioned the ic match i'm taking uh I don't have to worry about not doing Sean and Razor because I'm not picking that. I'm going to pick the TLC match from WrestleMania 17. That's five. I'm not picking Sean and Razor in the ladder match because I'm picking Sean and Undertaker at 25. That's six. Austin Rock. And let's close it out with Hogan Andre. Hmm. Wow. That's Three my eight matches. title matches. Hey, we'll see it again this year. As as a pro wrestling fan, I got to say, not realistic. Not realistic. <laughs> that wasn't a, ca- a caveat to, you know, have a true card construction. Ooh, this is so, tough. So that was, I mean, th- the issue was when I, look, I love Bretton Austin, but I picked it and I was having trouble then getting to eight, believe it yeah. or not. That, that was the problem. I, I could not really get to eight with, you know, all the guys I'd use. Did you wait? Did you have Angle in there anywhere? 
what angle match, like if you picked an angle match, you would pick Michaels and I would prefer Michaels Undertaker. Well, I was going to say angle Kane, but fine. Maybe HPK. Angle Kane. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, what other angle? Ma- I mean, you could pick angle Lesnar, but uh, now I use Lesnar with Roman. How about, how about we do uh, Daniel Bryan and Kofi, and then we can do Angle and Rousey versus Triple H and Steph? You could. Um, you could. But you'd still that, I think. Uh, well, I guess you did. You added a match then, right? Okay, yeah. So I guess. Yeah, you could do it that way. Great. Science Hill delivered. I think I got eight. Here we go. Brett Austin. HPK Taker from 25. Uh, give me Roxena. Get them both on, both on the, uh, the card. The first one. Uh, Brian Orton and Batista. The main from 30. Flair Savage. Warrior Hogan. Uh... Brock, uh, Reigns, and Rollins, and then Angle, Rousey, Triple H, and stuff. No, no, just eight match card. I, I, <laughs> I'm just anti all these world title matches. <laughs> I'm just trying to pick the best matches. I yeah, can without repeating think, guys. Yeah, yeah. He's that an eight tough. match card. It is tough. That's fine. Okay. Just, that is the same guy once. We don't have I'm rules. Just, I feel like we're devaluing the uh, world title. That's all. <laughs> uh, you want to take a stab at it, Justin, or are you just... Nope, I'd rather just be an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we do one last question before we call it episode 200 complete? Is there any others that we didn't get to on this list you guys wanted to make this, sure? How about this urban legend so I can make you guys really uncomfortable with the sleaze threat? Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get us kicked off the air. You're reading these before we went on the air. <laughs> I can't believe you guys that hurt to me. So I'll just tell a story. So if anyone's heard the sleaze threat. All right. Well, the question was, what's the best story you've heard or urban legend in the wrestling business? Okay. okay. So I had to go to the sleaze thread and... People can Google DVDVR sleaze thread. Number 12 on this list, which I won't read, but it involves the Rock and Roll Express, Jimmy Valiant, Glass Table, Hookers, Jizz, <laughs> Poop. Oh, man. And Open up this can of worms. All right. I remember telling this, I was on the on the previous podcast I did many years ago that Ryan referenced. I was telling this story we were repeating this in the air studio and the producer overheard he goes that happened in a match (laughs) and we're like no but i laughed so hard at him saying that i hit this wall in the air studio and a clock that was on the other side of this wall went flying off and hit this guy ken (laughs) right in the head and he peeked and goes what's going on in there i said the sleaze thread man the sleaze thread (laughs) yeah I don't know that I have like a favorite urban legend that I've heard. Like obviously the Andre stories are high ranking. Um, I had a chance almost two years ago ago now, pre-pandemic, I guess this would have been the summer of 2019 to sit down at a local brewery. It's part of the Hall of Fame weekend here in Iowa with Tim White, the handler, best friend of Andre the Giant for many years. And he told some uh, stories about going out drinking with 
with Andre. I don't know if I'm at liberty to share those on air. In fact, I told him I, you know, covered the wrestling industry for CBS at the time. And he was like, I got to be careful what I say to you. You might put it out there on the Internet. So I will uh, I'll try to keep Mr. Tim White's trust in case I run across him at the Hall of Fame again. But he he definitely uh, confirmed that, you know, the stories of Andre drinking 106 beers and all the wine and all that definitely, definitely accurate. And they had some wild good times together. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Can you look in the chat of our Zoom call? And did Tim White tell you anything about number 60? Oh, God. <laughs> he did not tell me about that one. You guys will have to check the, sle- the uh, sleaze thread for number 60 on that one. <laughs> Google it. You can find it. <laughs> All right, guys. This this was uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this tonight. What was your favorite episode that we ever did? Oh, man. The next one. <laughs> it's always the next one. Love. We've had like some fun WrestleMania post shows. I thought it was fun, even though we had some technical difficulties. We did one show together in person. I was actually living in a, a place that I only lived for a month. I was between houses at the time. And sometimes when we're going for walks around the neighborhood, because it's only like a block away from where I live now. It was like this twin home we were stationed in until our house was done. I'll casually say, oh, yeah, that's where we did the podcast with Kyle in person. <laughs> but that was fun, though, to like we all sat around the table and, and did the I, podcast. I, I feel that didn't last long because we wanted to go out drinking and yeah. there were technical difficulties. And we just sort of said, fuck it and threw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, you can find that in the archives. That was it was like in June of 2018. I think the title of the show is The Live Cast, but it's the only time we've recorded together in person. So just because of that novelty, that kind of ranks yeah. up there for me, too. The only time I've ever been in the state of Iowa. True story. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, our first show post WrestleMania 34, when we had all met up in New Orleans, was a lot of fun. And Kyle joked about an experience that Justin and I had at our B&B, which was took me a second to realize what he was referring to. And when I did, I remembered. Oh, did I remember well? Um, that was fun. Love all of our top rope nation classic people. You know, obviously, it's going to sound like a suck. Uh, you know, a uh, shameless shill. That's not though. I mean, those shows isn't. are a deep dive. Those shows are really so good. much fun. Yeah. I mean, you, these guys know how fired up I was after the last one we did on the main event. Hogan Andre, I was like pumping my fist, saying we fucking nailed it. And I mean, I was really very ecstatic. But all of them are quite good. And um, there was like a WrestleMania we previewed that was really good. I can't remember if it was when we previewed 34 or 35. I think it was 35, the one that okay. you're talking about. Yeah, that was, a re- that was a really strong effort. But I enjoy all of our shows, quite frankly. Yeah. I'd love to know what the listeners' favorite shows are in the history. Yes! Yeah. Let us know, because I want to know what you guys have really liked and what stands out for you. If you have a thought, uh, send them to topropenation at gmail.com. Read those emails on the air next week. That would be a lot of fun to, to get your take on a favorite episode of the pod. Um, so... Yeah, I guess that's been episode 200. I We p- hit pretty much most of the questions from the mailbag. We wanted to make be make make sure that we hit tonight. Had a couple drinks while we were at it. Had some laughs. Heard your voicemails. That was great. Thanks for calling in again. Got a new patron. Thanks again to Ryan Gorman for signing up. If you want to join him and the 14 other people on our Patreon page, it's the best way to support the show. You'll find the link in the description here of the podcast. And uh, I mean, like I said, at the beginning of the pod, 
Justin and Kyle. I could not do this without you guys. I've done a couple shows solo in the last five years, and it was very difficult. <laughs> very, very <laughs> difficult. So I always appreciate having you guys on to carry my ass. I appreciate that. So. Anytime. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, no, no, no. You don't need us. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Justin, you were the perfect addition to the show when we went to a three-man crew. Always appreciate seeing you, and hopefully we can all enjoy a beer in person again real soon. Really, really yeah. hope so. Thanks, guys. I don't know how, you know, there's been a handful of times where we were set to record and uh, going into it, you know, either my head or my heart wasn't it, you know, wasn't ready or didn't want to record. Uh, and every single time by the end of this, I don't want the conversation to end. Agreed. So, thank you, guys. Agreed. 100%. Thank you to the listeners. Oh. Yeah. Kyle? Hold on. Uh-oh. What's he getting? If you're listening on the podcast version, you're probably going to have to check out the YouTube page, at least for this section of the pod. He's going behind his bar. I can see his reflection in the poster. What's he going to bring out? I'm My bet is an LJN wrestling figure that he's purchased this week. Since that's kind of been the trend the last couple of weeks. Okay, he's making his way back to the front of the bar. Nope, it's a bottle. <laughs> it's a very large bottle of tequila I have. I know it's St. Patrick's Day we're recording this, yeah. but you know what? I don't have a big bottle of Jameson behind the bar. I have this big bottle of tequila instead, and it lights up, too. It's real fun. Nice. <laughs> yes, Justin, that's a big reason why I bought it, because it lights up. And it <laughs> Should we do a oh. virtual cheers to Yes, uh, that's what I was thinking. We, right. we got to pour one out for here. Look. Popping open another beer. I'm doing a shot right now. Victory Dance is the perfect title of a beer for ending this podcast. Justin, you got something in the glass? Yes, sir. All right. Whiskey? Scotch? Yes, sir. Nice. This will make me sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> going to sit on my <laughs> ass for my... a bottle. Yes. <laughs> Kyle's a tall man, and this, this, uh, this bottle looks like it's at least half his size. Um, so here, this is like on the bar. It fits up more than the whole screen. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big, but yeah. All right. Virtual cheers to 200 episodes of Top Rope Nation. Two gentlemen. I would, couldn't do this without. Cheers, fellas. Salancha. Cheers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tastes like the best damn wrestling podcast out there. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Tell your friends. And with that, we'll be back with our Fast Lane post show late Sunday night or Monday morning if you're checking your podcast feeds. If you want to join us live, youtube.com slash top rope nation. Subscribe to the channel. We'll be talking to you real soon. Have a great weekend. Take care. Peace. That was a good idea. I thought of it, um, yeah, like earlier today. I was like, oh, I got to do it. I thought you were going to pull out another LJN or something. No, no. <laughs> I got a drink. Oh, nice. I just want to, I think one episode we should just read the sleaze thread and react. <laughs> the X-rated version. I haven't pulled up the chat most of this time because I got oh. like the streaming software up, so I haven't seen most of these messages.